How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast, and let's just jump right into it. So today I want to talk about um, last week, I think it was, or the week before. had to be one of the two because this is podcast number 15. But out of those two uh, weeks, I had talked about simulated realities um, and how I have a strong belief that the universe that we live in is, um, call it emergence of, of science and religion. A lot of people believe that there's a God out there that created, you know, the heaven and the universe. There's a lot of people out there that don't believe in that stuff, but do have a strong, um, understanding and appreciation for science and, and, uh, and the pursuit of learning more and challenging one's perspective. And so technically, those two don't really mold together too well. But I was saying in that podcast that uh, I believe that we exist in some form of simulated reality, not really like the Matrix, but I guess kind of like the movie. Uh, in a sense, I don't think we're plugged in. Uh, I think we're pretty much all... Um, We have senescence, or we, not senescence, but we have consciousness to some degree, but I feel like a lot of it is programmed into into an artificial reality that we are perceiving on our day-to-day lives. And so um, I I appreciate the, the understanding and the, the delving of this idea because it allows me to kind of merge religion and science together. Um, because it argues the idea that we, in essence, were created and this universe around us was created, but not by this omnipotent and uh, all-knowing and all-powerful being um, that would be considered a god for a lot of people's religions, but more so some really intelligent programmer that uh, just knew how to develop a super-realistic world, at least for us, the entities that are inside this, you know, simulated reality so that is a a deep philosophical thought that i love to talk about with people sometimes in private conversations especially when religion comes up or beliefs or just ideas that challenge one's perspective on you know our purpose and whatever my second favorite thing to talk about and i've loved this idea for a long time because I just, I hate death. I think everyone out there can kind of agree. Either you've had a loved one, a family member, a really close friend, um, or a multitude of all of those of people that have passed away in your life and both recent and in the past times. And uh, it sucks. You know, it, it really sucks. I've personally, I've only lost one family member that I or two family members that I knew of growing up as a kid. And then I've lost quite a few good friends as well, uh, both recently and over the course of my life. And I will say that initially it was very difficult going through those instances when I was younger. But as I seem to get older, it just becomes more of a, a realization of that's just a reality that I live in. For every year I get older, that means everyone, especially people that I know that are older than me, um, their, their, their probability of, of passing away is just becoming more and more 
closer to to the end pretty much and i hate that idea i hate the idea that there's a a time frame to our lives because again i don't believe that once i pass i'm going to go to some kind of other heaven or anything of that nature um i i, I haven't even put too much thought into what happens after death? I've always been fascinated by like what what occurs the moment of death, like the the very second that it happens. Like do you does consciousness just end? Like it's just like it's like do you black out or like what how as you the person that dies, how does that work out? Like I, I just it's hard for me to fathom what it's like. I've been knocked out conscious multiple times in life. I've been in a lot of situations, both via doing silly things and also getting into not purposely getting into fights, but getting into some brawls with people that have, I'm not the biggest person out there. If you know who I am, I mean, sometimes I'm I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. And uh, I've had some instances where I've been knocked out pretty much by another person. And, um, and just like I said, like doing like funny sports and whatever, but like it, it is weird coming out of like being knocked down conscious for, I think the longest I've been out was probably like a minute, I think. Um, and it's always weird. It's like, you know, in one instance you remember one scene and then literally the next instance, like you're in an ambulance and you're getting like taken directly to a hospital, not knowing what the heck just happened. Um, and it's always weird because like that moment of blackness, like you just don't remember anything that, that happened. Like am I dreaming? I don't even know if, if I'm dreaming. I don't know what's going on. I just remember it's like a, a flash forward. It's like almost like you're skipping through time for a second. And it's the weirdest sensation ever if you've ever gone through it. Um, and I mean, I've even had it in like a car accident as well. I've been, now I'm surprised that like my mental state just isn't in a different spot because I, I want to say I've probably been knocked out probably like five times in my life. And they say for every time you get knocked unconscious or that you get a concussion, it is so detrimental to your health, like especially your, your brain activity uh, and your brain's health. So it is definitely something I need to monitor as I get older for sure. But um, I've always been fascinated by that that immediate instance, like what happens right when you pass. But I've never put really too much thought into the idea of like what happens like continuing past that. Do you like, like is there an afterlife? Is there like what happens with your consciousness? Do ghosts, are ghosts a real thing? Do you reincarnate into something else? Do you become one with uh, some form of, of science that we don't know of yet? Like when you study quantum mechanics and quantum science, it is really weird. And essentially we're all just a whole bunch of atoms that are just piled into like one group of, of mass that just has this form of consciousness. And even then, like when you think about it, like what is consciousness? Like no one really ever asked this question. Like, have you ever thought about how unique and unbelievable it is that you can just sit there right now, close your eyes and you can imagine whatever you can imagine infinity. And like, it is unbelievable that we can even grasp what an infinite universe or infinite anything is like. 
like you can sit there right now and just multiply over and over and over whatever. You can think of like yourself just in a room full of a bajillion, quadrillion, whatever, money, dollars, items. You can um, you can dream. You can have uh, your dreams are just ridiculous. They feel almost real half the time. And it, it just this ability to just have the um, – to just be able to reflect on on just everything, like reflect on what's going on. Like when you look at animals, I think that's one of the things that really separates us from a lot of other animals is that we have a very for, uh, complex form of consciousness. You know, they right now science is getting closer to understanding, you know, other forms of consci- consciousness and, and intellect in other animals. But we really, of course, are, are light years ahead of other animal species on this planet. And it's it's just wild just to think about that idea. But anyways, related to death is the idea of of slowing down or or even eliminating death completely. And that's what I love. That's like something I've been fascinated by since I was a kid is this idea that um as I get older, the the science and uh the theories and the questioning of is there a possibility to end dying from, at least from aging? I mean, it's impossible to stop all forms of dying. You can be immortal in theory, but you can't be invincible. Invincibility means like you literally nothing hurts you. Like if you get stabbed, you get hit by a car, whatever you're it's just, nothing's going to kill you. But when I talk about like dying, I die. I'm talking about the way a majority of people are going to go. And it's from like a health related reason. Of course, accidents happen. And the longer you live, the the more you're just rolling the dice on the probability of you dying from some freak accident. So eventually you will die. But can you delay it enough where you live hundreds or even thousands of years? A lot of scientists nowadays are really fighting really hard on that idea and there's this bit, uh, there's this scientist out of Harvard, um, a doctor. His name is David Sinclair, who I've been fascinated by his work for the last year because he's one of the very few scientists out there that is really like cut like breakthrough science of understanding what's causing aging and how to not only stop it but even reverse it in animals right now, like in, in lab mice. And right now he's going to be doing um, some peer-reviewed studies on the human eye because uh, a lot of scientists like to test like stem cells and, and, and those kind of studies on, on the human eye because the human eye is kind of its own isolated organ away from all the rest of your body parts. So if something goes wrong with your eye or if you like clip some kind of like genome or like your DNA in such a bad way, it's not going to go anywhere else, but just your eyeball. So if they, they mess up, they mess up just someone's eyes and not like completely change up someone's DNA and all of their body. So he's taking his research right now and he's going to start applying it to, to uh, human eyes sometime soon in the next like three to four years. And, Essentially, like if you study death, a lot of people really care about aging. Everyone hates it. I hate it. I mean, I, I don't hate getting older. I love getting older. Getting older means I'm learning. Uh, I'm, my knowledge is getting um, bigger, uh, 
bigger. <laughs> it's getting wider. Um, my experiences are, are more vast. Um, and that just means I get to spend more time with the people that I care about. But at the same time, I hate aging as a physical aspect of myself. Like, you know, your, your limbs and your ligaments and everything starts to, you start to feel it more. Like, especially when you move around, you can't sit around as long as you wanted to. You can't sit in postures that you used to like to sit on. When I was a kid, I could sleep anywhere. I had this like uncanny ability to be able to just sleep standing up, sleep on the floor. I didn't care where I was sleeping. I used to just sleep anywhere. Now, like I can't do that. Like if I sleep anywhere for too long, that's uncomfortable. I will feel it. Um, you know, getting gray hairs, um, having like your hair loss, which is definitely something that it's like my only conscious thing that I care about is just like losing my hair. But, um, that's a, that's another podcast to talk about in the future. But, um, yeah, I mean, aging just in the physical sense for oneself, it just, it's the worst thing ever. But this doctor and, and his research team is really spearheading, like slowing it down, like slowing down aging. And he's even shown that in mice, he can accelerate their aging and also slow down and reverse their aging as well. And so essentially he's been able to take young mice age them over the course of days, age them years and make them old. And he's also been able to take old mice and de-age them, which is just insane to think about and essentially make them as physical fit as other young mice out there as well. And a lot of scientists used to think that um, what caused aging was, a breaking of our DNA structure as we get older. And so the idea was that on the ends of our DNA inside of our cells, there's these things called telomeres. And these telomeres are like the end of shoelaces. Scientists like to describe them in a simple term. It's kind of like that, that hard piece at the end of your shoelace. Imagine a telomere is that, and imagine your shoelace is the DNA. And so essentially when your cells divide, they're constantly dividing all the time. I mean, your cells are just dying and re- regenerating thousands and millions of times a day, a second almost. And so every time these cells split off and make new cells, what happens is that as you get older, the more times that your cells split, just like any any system, there's a probability that an error occurs um, and and the replication process is like 99.9999999% efficient because if it wasn't, I mean, we would age by the age of like one year and die after like being two years old. So our, st- our cells, you know, they separate pretty efficiently, but there's that 0.001% time where a mistake happens and that mistake causes an error in the cell and essentially... That's what leads to, or what we thought was, it led to issues with just like why we grow gray hairs, why we like start losing hair, and why certain bodily functions start to deteriorate as we get older. And the idea is that because as your cells are replicating, what's stopping your DNA from getting damaged is these telomeres at the end of the DNA. And essentially, a telomere is just an other extension of the DNA at the ends of each like uh, helix. But there's no information in there. It's just uh, a protein mass 
that has no information. There's no importance. And all the information is, of course, stored in your DNA. And so when your cells split, these telomeres get shorter and shorter and shorter until eventually with enough splits, the telomeres disappear and then all that's left is your DNA. And then as more of your cells split and replicate themselves, the DNA itself starts to get damaged and that's what causes aging. And so that was the idea for the longest time that scientists thought was, okay, and they've known this for quite a while, almost like 15, 20 years, like this idea of like telomeres. And so the idea was, um, and, and they can actually stop like telomere degeneration but the reason why they don't apply that to everyone's cells is because there's something that something bad that happens, and I think a lot of you already know what it is. There's something bad that happens when certain cells have their DNA damaged, but they don't die. They essentially keep duplicating, and those are cancer cells. And so cancer cells are essentially normal cells that don't die off after replicating, and they just continue replicating with this damaged DNA because cells have this ability to to end their own life if they realize that they're kind of growing out of control. And if they, if we didn't have that ability, we would all be walking tumors all the time. But we'd be like te- Deadpools. <laughs> um, but so, yeah. So essentially what happens is that your, your cells have an ability to recognize when they're becoming too evasive and they'll kill themselves. But if a cell replicates in such a way that it loses that ability to do that, that becomes a cancer cell. And so you don't want to spray some kind of stem cell or some kind of uh, gene editing all over your DNA that stops your telomeres from being damaged because in, in essence, if that's the case, you're going to promote more cancer growth inside your body because your body has the ability right now to still kind of attack certain cancers before they grow into becoming a problem and becoming a tumorous. Um but if you were able to just completely stop telomeres from being destroyed, you could make the problem even worse. So that's why scientists for a long time have been trying to, to tackle, well, how do we keep certain telomeres active while also having the ability to destroy cancer and, and pretty much kill all forms of cancer? And that's where cancer research is really trying to be worked on right now because if we have the ability, which that's another podcast I could talk about recently um, a university, I think it was University of Chicago, just found uh, uh, one T cell. So there's that's another conversation for another time. But essentially, we're getting very close, and they think they they have landed on something that could possibly destroy multiple different versions of cancers because there's no universal treatment for cancer, or so we thought, because every type of cancer is very different. But uh, these scientists have actually been able to find something that is able to attack multiple different forms of cancer, from breast cancer, skin cancer, to a lot of different forms, lung cancer. Uh, but I'll talk about that in another another podcast. But essentially, um, you know, we've known about telomeres, and we've thought for a long time that that's what causes us to age and and cause degenerative um, ailments to our bodies as we get older. Well, Dr. David Sinclair looked at it a little bit differently and he was like, well, if DNA was the problem as we got older, then for instance, why are we able to take DNA from, let's say, an older person, let's say a 70-year-old person, and then clone that DNA, clone that DNA and put it into uh, an embryo and make, uh, they've done this in animals, for instance, they've done this in like those sheep that you've seen, like the cloned sheep. 
where it's like a clone of another sheep. Essentially, they're taking adult DNA that's technically supposed to be damaged. They've cloned it and had the ability to raise healthy clones. Like the initial clones were pretty bad, but like when they've done this over time, uh, like current clones are are they live just as long as as the recipient where they got or not the recipient, but um, the donor of the actual DNA that that cloned that that new clone. Um, and so Dr. Sinclair was like, well, if this DNA was so bad, that would never be able to happen because essentially if you clone bad DNA, you would have bad health um, issues with these like these clones that start off as babies and as they get older, they would show a lot of detrimental health effects to themselves. Well, there's certain, certain clones that just don't run into that issue and they live healthy lives. And so he was like, maybe it's not the DNA itself, but maybe something else related to DNA, of course, because... You know, these issues that we're seeing is some kind of issue with DNA in general, but um, maybe it's the stuff that reads DNA. And so there's this, there's a lot of proteins that, that break apart your DNA so they're able to read it and then translate that information to then apply it to whatever cell function is required in your body. And so he's been able to determine that there's this protein called uh, sirtuin one. Um, and this protein, he's been able to show that essentially, uh, he can manipulate the sirtuin or I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but sirtuin one to start to slow down aging in, in animals. And then he's been able to affect and manipulate the sirtuin to also cause accelerated or D D uh, or slowing down of aging in animals and and mice pretty much and so he really feels that he's getting really close to determining a better way to increase our our lifespan and to slow down aging in in essence and not really stop disease that's another thing that's an uh, other scientists right now that are studying and and focused on that so essentially his idea is that i want to stop dna damage from just like our personal like our cell division. And then there's obviously other scientists out there that are focused on tackling cancer and other scientists that are, are focused on, on, on eradicating viruses and uh, eradicating like uh, germs. And once you have like this culmination of like these four areas of science, once they get to where they need to be, where you're able to slow down aging, cure cancers, cure all forms of viruses and all forms of germs in essence, science has pretty much stopped you from dying from almost any course outside of just an accidental way or self-inflicted wound, um, which I think it's it's wild to think about. Like when I was a kid, this was all science fiction. Immortality was all science fiction. I mean, science. I mean, immortality has been for it's been an idea since. I mean, the ancient Greeks, the ancient Romans. I mean, they've all been fascinated by this idea of just never dying. And so many different explorers and so many different famous people, you've seen them all. If you read their stories, Hitler had this fascination for like these uh, rare artifacts that somehow could slow down aging. And so everyone's obviously fascinated by the idea of never dying. And I have been as well. Like I really do feel like a lot of scientists and a lot of people used to think that Certain certain diseases now that are treatable 
certain cancers, certain um, heart diseases, lung diseases, certain things that literally were lethal. If you got diagnosed with this, you were pretty much pronounced dead. You were told, hey, you probably have X amount of days or this very few amount of years to live before you're done. And now with science, we're pretty much eradicating certain things and being able to cure others and pretty much uh, um, eliminating these diseases out of our history, uh, our future history of humanity. And so a lot of scientists are looking at death as just a norm, another form of disease. And so um, it's really fascinating stuff, honestly. And if you're, if you're an atheist or if you're someone that just doesn't really believe in, in a heaven or hell or that your, your consciousness is going to, when you pass, is going to go somewhere else, I don't believe in any of that kind of stuff. Not yet, at least. I haven't been given a strong enough argument as to why I should believe that that's a thing that happens to people. Um, but yeah, until then, I mean, and then that's not on, that's not including the fact that there are scientists out there that are also getting better at understanding what consciousness is, going back to like what I was talking about at the beginning, like what that is and how these electrical impulses work with our brain because our brains communicate with everything in our bodies with just electricity. And so how are you able to take this electricity and maybe upload your consciousness onto, let's say, a computer? So maybe you physically can't live forever, but if we're able to take your consciousness and put it like in a robot or in a computer simulated world where you wouldn't even know any better, which this could be like what happens to all of us in theory as like our future humans, what they do is like when they're about to die, before they die, they just go ahead and take their consciousness and upload it to a program and you just wake up being conscious in his body with these memories that you think are all the years that, that have gone on in your life, but in essence, they're not. And you just live in this program pretty much with, with no ability to die. But obviously for this program, it wants to make the world so realistic that it gives the impression that death is something that exists out there. But there's the idea of a cure out there. So um, it's all fascinating stuff, honestly. All the things I talked about were like I've been trying, like I try really hard to summarize each segment of the idea of death into like maybe like short parts. But honestly, from the idea of thinking about like where science is and how much more in detail we can get into that. I could talk about that for, for hours about the idea of like where technology is going and where a lot of these scientists working with the brain and, and understanding how it communicates with the rest of our body and being able to, um, I mean, you're starting to see it now where people are able to move prosthetics with just thought, which is just insane. There's games like video games now that people can play that are, are like, let's say they're quadriplegic or they're plegic in some way. They're able to manipulate a mouse on a screen by just their mind. I mean, I did something like this at CES. It's like a tech convention here in Las Vegas a couple years back where I put on this thing on my head and uh, the guy instructed me to kind of think. He, it was like a demo. It was like a short demo. But he was like, think about like what you want to do on the screen. Try really hard to focus on what you want to do and and don't, be, don't allow anything to distract you. And I was able to kind of move 
not the mouse where I wanted it to go, but I, uh, like at the end of the session, I was kind of getting better at it. But I saw like other people that would put this on and literally they were able to manipulate a screen and click. And it was just the wildest thing to see. Just like being able to use your mind to control the things around you, I think it's just unbelievable. And so if we could get to that point, there's a, a, a point where we might be able to just extract all that information or, or to copy you in essence and clone that and upload it to a computer system and make you some kind of artificial intelligence. And so I'm fascinated by that idea and I could talk about that for days. Um, and just the thought of, 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 a, of a universe where one person is like the ultimate consciousness over the whole, over the whole aspect of the reality that they're in. They don't realize it. And the world kind of just develops so many conveniences in, in your lifespan in this program that in essence, you just don't ever die. And you don't even know like at what point of life you're in because all these memories could just be implemented up. Like when you wake up from a dream, like your whole past and everything you think you've done and, and like the idea that I've done all these podcasts, there are people out there that think that, and I'm fascinated by talk, or talking to these type of people that think that everything that happened, all these memories and everything that occurred were just instantaneously put into your brain at that moment and you never went through any of that stuff. That all of that stuff was just somehow uploaded to you right there and then and you just woke up with all these memories and the idea of that is just on it's just so crazy to, to delve into that insanity but it's so interesting to talk about but ultimately death is such a fascinating thing for me the idea of ending it per se more than anything else but even like what happens immediately after it happens i've always been fascinated by it I'm never going to entertain it, of course, <laughs> um, because I just I don't want to die because, I mean, I've seen evidence of what, you know, happens to the people when they pass and I don't see any trace of them anywhere. And I, I don't believe that they have some kind of influence on the world after they pass. And so, you know, I never want that to ever happen to me. So that's why I'm fascinated by this extension of life. But, you know, the idea of also thinking about what it's like that very second. Like, if you're not going through pain, I'm talking about just the, like, right when everything physical happens to you and all that pain and suffering occurs, like, right after that, something happens. You go black. And, like, in that blackness, is it just stay black or does something else happen? Anyways, I could talk about this forever. I'm going to end it here. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this podcast. Uh, I am so appreciative of everyone that's been just sending me messages and motivating me to do this more. Um, I'm really looking forward to, I have some people I'm talking to right now to have on as guests. So that should be a thing. And uh, maybe hopefully next week. And yeah, this has just been so awesome to just be able to do this every single day. They're not clean. They're not smooth. Uh, but I personally don't care. This is just kind of, stuff that I love to, to think about and just blurt out and uh, eventually maybe elaborate a little bit even more so on them, but just to kind of entertain the ideas for now and just so I can reflect on them and just listen to my own podcast and then pick out snippets that I probably want to talk about a little bit more in the future. But 
Thank you guys again for listening and I'll catch you guys tomorrow. Peace.